You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What could possibly be the cause or origin of a world that's filled with zombies, candy people, vampires, slime creatures, an evil ice king, and a talking dog with Mr. Fantastic Powers? That's right. Today, we're going to be discussing the origins of the world of Adventure Time. Come on, grab a friend. We're going to jump in and go to distant lands. Um, guys, I, I am beyond excited. This is one of my all-time favorite shows. I am Joshua Knoll. This is the Priest of the Geeks. We are the Priest of the Geeks. This is Systematic Geekology. And I am here with the greatest co-host to to ever breathe. And and if just so you know how great he is, um, he does just choose to breathe. It's an optional thing for him. Yeah, He's that that's great. right. <laughs> yeah. How's it going, TJ? It's going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What you been geeking out on lately? You know, I hate to, you know, give the same answer multiple times. Uh, it's not very ADHD core of me. Uh, but uh, Apex Legends Season 17 started today, the day of recording. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with Apex Legends for... for uh, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Mine is a new one. Um, I haven't played this yet, but I'm excited to. At work... They had a company-wide Star Wars trivia match, and you just you had to scan a little thing and see how many Star Wars trivia questions you could answer within three minutes. And the top, like, three or four people, I forget how many, the top however many got a prize. So I was one of them. I'm one of the top people in Shutterfly to know Star Wars, so I'm geeking out on just kind of being a little bit proud of my geek cred there. And I won a Star Wars edition of Monopoly. Specifically, Boba Fett Monopoly. But, you know, still kind of cool. Excited to try it out. Maybe this weekend. We'll see. Very cool. Yeah. I actually, I would like to change my answer to Star Wars Jedi Survivor. <sighs> uh, Is it good? In the hub, Hubble Baloo of today, you know, Apex Legends Season 17. Yeah. I did forget that I have been playing a Jedi Survivor. It's amazing. Is it as good as the last one? Yeah. Oh, yes. Nice. nice. All right. Well, with that... Hopefully we'll talk about that soon. We're going to be doing a big sci-fi video game episode with as many of the hosts as possible coming up in June. So y'all be looking for that. But today we are discussing Adventure Time, one of my favorite shows. Um, but I think TJ has been watching it longer than me. I think he watched it while it was actually on. I didn't see it until it was all completely done. Um, TJ, what is the premise of Adventure Time? What is the show about for those who are less familiar? The show is about uh, Finn the human and Jake the dog, best friends, uh, brothers, and uh, they grew up together. It's about them having adventures, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if if everybody does this, but I like friend cast shows where I'm like, oh, this reminds me of this person and so on and so on. This is one of the easiest shows to do that with, too, because everybody has such like distinct and like animated personalities which you know it's an animated show so i guess that makes sense but you know everybody has a lumpy space princess in their life you know everybody has a <laughs> I, I think everybody has like a like a princess bubblegum um in my mind i like to think of myself as jake the dog i'm here yeah. you know i might have cool abilities but i'm really just here to make some bacon pancakes <laughs> yeah yeah uh tj who are you if you if you had to like friend cast the show do you see yourself as any of the characters? Me? I'm uh, I'm BMO. Mm, that works, too. Yeah, I can see you as Finn or BMO, but I feel like it's a little 
you can't say I'm Finn, you know? Yeah. It's too cool. Also, it would have been hilarious if you would have said the Lich. <laughs> I really, I thought about saying Peppermint Butler, which to me, that's just as funny. Good. <laughs> that's hilarious. So we're throwing out a lot of character names. Um, you mentioned Finn and Jake. Finn is basically the only human left around. Jake is a big, stretchy talking dog. The talking part isn't weird in this world. The stretchy part is. He could just turn into basically any shape, any size. He could do whatever he wants, more or less. Jake would be terrifyingly powerful if Jake felt like doing things. But Jake's basically just kind of there for the ride. Like Finn wants to do something. He's like, oh, okay, I guess we could do that. Yeah. He's there to have a good time. He doesn't particularly care about being anything other than, is this fun? Yeah. He does have limits, but they're not like yeah. reasonable limits. Yeah. He does all the crazy heroics with Finn. He used to be a thief. He did it again a couple times just because, you know what? It would be fun to be a this and just does it. Yeah. Actually, yeah. one of my favorite Jake moments is probably when he gets poisoned uh, by the little cat guy. I can't remember his oh, name. Yeah. When oh. he's like, oh, that's <laughs> enough poison to kill 50 dogs your size. And Jake plays along and he's like, oh, oh, no. Oh. And then he just makes his liver 51 times bigger <laughs> than normal. Perfect. Healed. <laughs> Big liver! Big liver! God, Jake is so funny. Yeah, so my first introduction to the show, I, I was introduced to it while it was still on, while I was in high school. Um, friend of the show, Felipe, you know, friend of both of us, Felipe Griffith, was uh, like, hey, Josh, you got to watch this. This is totally us. And it was funny because at that time, I was probably more thin. Somewhere along the line, I got a lot lazier, just in general in life. But I was like, okay, cool. I enjoyed it. I didn't, you know, I wasn't obsessed. I wasn't whatever. It wasn't until in between colleges, one of the times I like dropped out more or less, I was at home and just had like terrible sinus infection kind of stuff. And my dad made some taco soup. I got some, for some reason, cheer wines, like my drink of choice when I'm sick. I don't know why. And uh, took a bunch of NyQuil and I would just watch this show and just like go in and out of consciousness because I'm taking NyQuil. <laughs> and when I woke up, whatever was on, I enjoyed and I, um, every time I've gotten sick since then, I think that's that's my show. I drink NyQuil. I watch that show. It probably wasn't until a year or two ago that I've actually seen all the episodes. Because, you know, when you're sick and you're falling asleep during it each time, you miss parts every time you watch it through. Yeah. And there's a lot of episodes, to be fair. Yeah, it is. It is like almost 300. Show. And they're all good. At least all the ones I can most think of. of. Yeah. Um, how, how did you get into it? Was it just like you were a kid? It was on? You grew up with yeah, it? Yeah, I was... I was like 11. I was on Cartoon Network. Yeah. That was like the the couple of years that my family had cable. So yeah, I was nice. watching it. <laughs> Very nice. I I wonder if I had seen it as a kid if I would have watched it the same way because I'm I've always been oblivious for those who are wondering. I've just always been that way. And I think like if you're not paying attention, this show can seem like it's just like some slapstick humor, some cute adventures. But if you're paying attention, there is a really incredible through through line with the story, really cool character arcs, and it's actually pretty morbid. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that really starts in like season two or three, though. Yeah, I mean, like to be I fair, the, the first Wars. episode was a zombie episode, though. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like yeah, it's not like real zombies, you know. Yeah, they don't talk about the Great Mushroom War or anything at that point. Yeah, Marceline's there, but you don't know that her father is basically Satan at that yet. Yeah. Also, hey, spoiler warning, guys. Marceline's dad's basically Satan. Marceline is one of the best friends. Who are some of the other main characters that we care about? So we got Finn, Jake, Finn, Marceline. Jake. 
I include BMO. Yeah. Uh, Marceline, the Lich. Uh, yeah, the Lich is like the embodiment of evil, more or less. I don't know. It's, it's we'll, yeah. actually, we'll talk more about the Lich later on. Um, Ice King. Ice King, I think, counts as a main character. He's Ice like King. the lovable villain, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lumpy Space Princess, I guess. Like, you know, yeah. she's, she's there a, a lot. She is the um, the drama queen. The uh, She's very bougie. Is that, am I using that word right? Yeah, you are, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> um, oh, Princess Bubblegum, naturally. She is the princess of Candyland. She is a scientist, incredibly arrogant, kind of plays God here and there. Very questionable morals. Um, you mentioned Peppermint Butler, kind of same deal, sidekick to Princess Bubblegum. I, I would include um, Flame Princess. For a little while. Yeah. Yeah, she was like yeah. Finn's love interest for a little bit and is the princess to the Fire Kingdom, which actually does have a king. It's the only kingdom, I think it's the only kingdom in the land of Ooh, which is the world that this takes place on. Um, I think it's the only kingdom ran by a dude. I think the rest all are ran by princesses. I mean, the Ice Kingdom. It That's may true. just be ice and penguins, but. You know, <laughs> ice, ice, penguins king. and Simon. It's the whole kingdom. So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess ice and fire are the only kingdoms ran by dudes that I can think of. You know, slime has a princess. Yeah. Candyland ran by a princess. Even when the King of Ooh took over for a while, he had to be a princess. So he was Princess King of Ooh. <laughs> Good times. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that being said, uh, we already mentioned the Mushroom War, but there's really kind of three different layers to the origin story here. Because you have how the actual planet was made. You have how Finn and the Lich and some of them came to be and like some of the magical parts have their own origins. But then you also have the Great Mushroom War where basically that's why the world is void of most humans and it's kind of weird. And if you actually pay attention during the theme song, even part of Earth is just missing. <laughs> the planet's not a sphere anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. So first I wanted to bring up was the Catalyst comments. So you learn a lot about them in the episodes Evergreen and Astral Planes. Um, Evergreen's an interesting one. Um, it has the four elementals. So in here, you know, much like Airbender, everything's kind of four elements. But instead of it being fire, wind, earth, and water, in the land of Ooh, the four elements are fire, ice, slime, and candy. Mm-hmm. And there is a fifth element. Lumps are actually the fifth element. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right, technically. Technically, yeah, because at one point they do sort of like a <laughs> it's sort of like um, whatchamacallit. Why can't I think Thanos with the with the, yeah. the Infinity Gauntlet? They had to collect all the stones. Oh, yeah. that was it's, so it's, it's not like it's based off of like classical English four elements. Yeah. Not like, you know, the fun ones. Yeah. That, but Which, that's why there's five is because lumpy classical space ones. <laughs> Lumps replace the ether. Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny stuff. But um, yeah, yeah. So in Evergreen, you have the the four elements. They, I, didn't, I don't think lumps were there for this particular no. scene. Um, but throughout all time, there's always one person who has the power of each element, basically their own avatar. And they're all kind of meeting together because an asteroid's coming to Earth that's going to destroy everything. The person who was then in charge of ice, was his name Evergreen? I think that's yeah. what the, Yeah. He was concerned it was going to destroy the planet. The rest of the elementals were like, yeah, the planet gets destroyed all the time. It's fine. <laughs> the elements will survive. That's the important thing. And he devises a plan, betrays everybody, creates this crown. And the whole time he has this little dinosaur thing following him around named Gunther. Or is it Gunther or Gunther? 
Gunther. Yeah. Who keeps trying to learn spells and learn from him and he keeps brushing the guy off. And then, of course, at the end, he kind of gets fallen down and the crown is only close enough to Gunther to be able to do the spell to stop the asteroid. And guess who never learned any magic? Gunther. So everything still gets destroyed. And then that crown is the one that eventually Ice King gets and everyone who wears it basically becomes some version of evergreen and they get all the weird memories of stuff. It's yeah. yeah. How would you describe the crown? <laughs> so basically everybody that puts it on imprints on it like a, like a duckling, uh, but nobody, but it also imprints on them. It takes mm. them over unless they're strong enough of will for it to not take them over. Hmm. You said that so much smarter than I did. <laughs> the way you said made sense. <laughs> I don't think what I said made any sense. Yeah, but that's and more or less what's hinted at is that's why Simon, who is now Ice King during the you know modern day parts of the show, looks the way he does, acts the way he does, and calls all the penguins Gunther. <laughs> Which, of course, don't we learn that Gunther is actually uh, one of the uh, celestial beings or something? Yeah, <laughs> Gunther is the Orgalorg. God, that's so funny. Who Who is the Orgalorg again, for those who don't know, or for me so, who forgot? <laughs> the Orgalorg is one of the... Uh, cosmic entities yeah uh, who was going to harness the power of the yellow catalyst comet or the other one one of the one two of catalyst comets and uh abe lincoln the king of mars said uh no glob glob rod rod whatever his name was the champion of mars uh go kill him so they fought orgalorg fell down to prehistoric earth and mm-hmm. became gunther yeah yeah Amnesia. Which is funny because the only reason he thinks his name is Gunther is because of Simon wearing the crown. Yeah. Um, which we'll get back to some of that because Simon's story also plays an important part of the origin story with the mushroom war and all that. Um, and so does the Lich. But uh, we mentioned before these catalyst comets. I think we both mentioned them. Um, my understanding is every thousand years, a catalyst comet comes and hits the earth and everything dies. But each catalyst comet leaves a different agent of change. So something that's going to make the next thing different the next time. So we learned like in Astral Planes, that episode, we learned that Finn is was once upon a time, he was one of the catalyst comets. There's a lot of reincarnation in the show. So comet comes, destroys Earth. He's reincarnated as Finn. But so was the Lich. So the great big shadowy evil demon bad guy this whole time was also one of these catalyst comments at one point. Um, how much like, do you think that was like an intentional, like yin yang reincarnation storyline yes. was put in there from that? Okay. I didn't know if it just happened. Like we just wanted there to be like, Finn's this really cool thing. So the Lich is too. So that way we could keep using the Lich or if it was intentionally trying to play on some of those more philosophical ideas. Well, I think once you're at that point, like you're establishing these or you're deciding to write this. Yeah. Also, this is a kid's show, by the way. (laughs) It's not something they were just handed. They got to say, like, well, if we make the Lich kind of the opposite of Finn and we make them both Catalyst Comet, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, I I found it interesting because the Comets aren't alive, from my understanding. They're basically just rocks, right? Big question. Because I'm like, how do they, (laughs) how does a rock reincarnate, you know? I think it's just the magic, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, yeah, vampires and and you, you learn that Marceline's not just a vampire, but also like demon spawns. I mean, like there's a lot of weird stuff in the show. Um, OK, so what what did you think of the Catalyst Comet storyline stuff? Like of there being a new comet every thousand years and all that? Was that just like 
filler for you? Was that something you just kind of ignored or was that, or did you enjoy that part of the storyline? No, I, I like it. I think it's cool. Yeah. I liked, there was a lot of cosmic through lines throughout it. Like it wasn't like, even though we're on the world of Ooh or the land of Ooh, like there's a lot of cosmic reality in this universe. Um, so you mentioned the cosmic entities real quick. Do you have a favorite? I kind of would like to count Abe Lincoln. I think you should. Count. He, he doesn't. He doesn't count, though, man. So uh, probably Primo. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Primo is like at the center of the universe in a big yellow box. And he just kind of uh, grants wishes. Yeah, he's just a chill guy. He grants wishes. He's yeah. the wish granter. Yeah, I, w- I probably would have said Primo. Um, but with, of course, special um, shout out to the uh, what was it? Is it the Cosmic Owl? Yeah, Cosmic Owl. And then um, who was the party? Party Wolf? Was that his name? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I know Cosmic Owl. Yeah, Cosmic Owl was cool. So Cosmic Owl, every time you see him in a dream, if you see the Cosmic Owl, your dream will come true. You just nothing to be done. That's just it's set now. But uh, yeah, the party wolf, I don't really think did anything but party. Uh, he had a relationship with an island and did not treat the island very well. And then, you know, Simon kind of moved in there for a little bit, gave her some self-worth. Yeah, Simon, the bad guy. He's a very complex character. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So we mentioned the four elements and stuff already, but why do you think they chose these four? You mentioned it being like the English stuff, but why why slime and candy? I think fire and ice is pretty normal. It's just funny. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kids like slime and candy. <laughs> that is that is very accurate. Yeah. Um, was it surprising to you to learn that kind of stuff as the show went on and you learned that that was just like part of this universe? No. <laughs> it's a cartoon. I was surprised about candy specifically. Because <laughs> like slime, fire, ice, they all have their own kingdoms, whatever. So does candy. But Princess Bubblegum more or less made everything herself. So I just never considered the idea that she could also be part of the meta narrative for the origins of the planet. Yeah. I, well, Candy was always there. Just she wasn't. Yeah. Also, just like as far as like that part being that there were just these characters who were just part of the overarching merit meta narrative of the entire origins of the universe. Um, what do you think you would do, TJ, if you found out that one of the elements that created this world was podcast and you were the, <laughs> the podcast elemental of our I'd world? Be furious. <laughs> Why would you be furious? Because then I'd have to do it. <laughs> oh, so just the pressure of of being forced to do a thing is yeah. what you would hate. It's not pressure. I just don't want to do it. But you do it already. Yeah, but I don't have to. If I wanted to stop, I, I would. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I always just thought it was really interesting. Like, I just the pressure of that. I, I think you most see it on Princess Bubblegum because she feels like she has to be perfect all the time. And she already made this kingdom. It feels like she has to be basically God to her people. And yeah, I, I don't know. I think that was part of the, if we're talking about origins, that's one of the parts of the, like how the origin impacts the current story that I, was actually really interesting just because she learns she has these powers. She doesn't know what to do with them. You know, she's probably the person of science forever. And she's like, now I have to learn how to do this too. She has to be a good politician, a good leader. She feels like she has to do everything for these people. And I don't know. It was almost upsetting that this pressure got, on top, put on top of all the other stuff she already felt like she had to do, but she wasn't always a great person. So I think I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was kind of awful at some points, actually. Yeah. No, there was some stuff that I was like, what the heck? 
Um, who who was it? The one person she made like several clones of over and over, knowing that he was going to just go kill himself. Uh, Lemon grab. No, that was bad too, though. I can't even remember who I'm thinking of. She kept giving the medal to this person, but it was her own like design that caused him to kill himself. Yeah, like we said, this show is really morbid sometimes. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the mushroom more because that's I think most people when they think of the origins of ooh, they probably think about. The fact that this whole show is from the get go, from the very beginning of the song. Yeah, you're in this land that was caused by nuclear war. Everyone just blew each other up. And now you're left with candy people, one ice king, slime creatures, some fire creatures. And that's basically it. I mean, you have a few other exceptions, but there's not a lot left. Also, what a weird premise for a children's cartoon. Post-apocalyptic, but with candy. Yeah. You know, that's that's decidedly (laughs) not that weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Like, surely there are weirder things. Yeah. But why do you think they decided this needed to be a post-apocalyptic setting? Like, could they have told the same stories without the Mushroom War happening? I'm sure they could have, but it wouldn't have been as good. That's true. Yeah. And I... I wonder if anybody like actually uses this to talk to their kids about some of this stuff. Like, cause you, you definitely could um, like, as far as like the mushroom war, whenever they go to like the parallel planet or whatever, parallel universe, they see different versions of Finn and everything. That's when they learn some of the stuff with ice King. And they learned that the Lich was, yeah, he was once he was the catalyst comet, but he didn't really come alive. He wasn't activated until the mushroom war. And it was all that, like, I guess the death and hate of nuclear warfare creates him and they're able to do that in kind of like a silly nonchalant kind of way. But that's sort of who the Lich is, is like the embodiment of the mushroom war. Yeah. He, so the Lich actually is one of the primordial beings. Like the Lich was there the whole time. Uh, one of the comets turned him into uh, what he is when the comets woke him up. Yeah. The yeah. Lich is there with the Orgalorg and so he was the there at ones. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he mentions at one point cause when I was doing my research on like the origins, there's kind of a question there, too, because he even mentions before everything, there was darkness. So every mm-hmm. like creation came from darkness. But then he said before darkness, there were monsters. So it's yeah, like he's, oh. he's in there. He's there. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so that's kind Gunther. of an interesting like. <laughs> God, I love Gunther. But it's just it's interesting that like monsters are what led to the darkness. So not darkness leading to monsters as in bad actors are what creates the evil. And I think that's paralleled when we're going back to this mushroom war story of all of the evil and the bad stuff we see was actually created by these bad actions. So bad actors create bad settings, which, you know, it's a whole like cycle. Um, Would you mind explaining Simon and Marceline's story in the mushroom war? Because that's really where we see the most what actually happened. Uh, So pre-war, uh, Simon is a he's some type of researcher, scientist, dude. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I keep wanting to say he was an archaeologist. Uh, that's just not he's not an archaeologist. <laughs> um, I don't think. But whatever. He finds the crown and he tries to find a way to use the crown to stop the upcoming war. Yeah. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Uh, whatever. The bombs fall. Uh, you know, great mushroom war. Clearly, that is that is a nuclear warfare. Yeah. Uh, illusion that's mushroom clouds but he finds marceline after the bombs fall after he survived thanks to the power of the crown and he helped he kind of raises her in this post-war environment and they get close and the crown kind of 
takes over, takes him over, turns him from Simon into the Ice King. Yeah. Tragically. Yeah. Marceline, her, her part of the story is really weird. Cause like she was, you know, like I said, basically the child of Satan, she more or less gets abandoned. Um, I think before this point we find out she's already ki- killed some of the vampires, but maybe not leave the vampire part alone for now. For now, she's just the child of Satan, but she's abandoned and she's really, even though she looks weird, she's got this demonic, whatever to her. she's just a poor defenseless child in a post-apocalyptic world. Simon finds her and what ends up turning him eventually to the ice king, like you mentioned is they keep getting in the situations where he realizes the only way to protect her is to put on the crown. But every time he puts on the crown, like you said, he imprints on it, but it imprints back on him. So he becomes more and more evil, more and more like evergreen, like all the other evil people who have put on the ice crown. And he eventually becomes this evil monster because he was trying to protect an innocent child, which is like one of those like truly tragic parts of this whole story. Cause like, and it's funny, like the way that they do it, cause they'll show you like this really deep stuff with them flashback to like the current part of the story and ice King's just doing something really silly. Like I'm going to make you my girlfriend. <laughs> like trying yeah. to trap someone in a basket. And you're like, Oh, we've been laughing. Like this is like a silly bad guy, but it turns out it's actually a really tragic story. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, so what do you what do you do with that as far as like things go? Do you think if we imagine that for some reason that this universe is real, Simon dies as the Ice King? We're just imagining. Would he like would he go to hell? Is he a bad person or is it justified because the reason he became that was because he was trying to do good? And I would say he even was doing good. Doing good is what turned him evil. I would say he was no longer of sound mind. And do you think that like guards his soul if it's not like yeah. conscious decisions of his own yeah, sort of probably. like mind control yeah i think so okay that that makes sense yeah it's it's one of those where like i'm like i don't i don't know what to do with this because obviously kidnapping people and try to turn them into your wives is bad <laughs> like that's a bad thing so he's a bad guy but also not from any choice of his own like he did not choose to be that creature that he is do you think there's any clear or obvious parallels in real life to something like that? Can you think of any situations where people are like, we would consider them bad right now, but the reason they got that way was by doing good? No, probably not. I can't think of any. I I feel like the closest you get is like people who think they're being good and they make bad decisions along the way trying to be good. But I don't think you get anything like without actual magic. I don't think you actually have anything like Ice King where he was truly being good. And that's what turned him evil. Yeah. Yeah. Which might be why the Mushroom War was such an important part of the origin story for this universe. Because you can't get who Simon is without something like that. Without actual zombies and like those kind of threats and an innocent child being involved. Without all those pieces there, you don't get that kind of character. Yeah. Also, follow up. Do you think Simon might be the most nuanced character on TV? <laughs> on on TV in general? No, probably not. You got like, yeah, Peppermint Butler is right there. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love Peppermint Butler. Oh, man. So we, we talked about, so that's sort of how they handle the problem of evil and that kind of stuff. We're seeing like evil and good and you can become evil by being good. And there's kind of a lot of blurring of the lines. Which is really ironic because a lot of the show is 
Finn is the good guy, the adventurer, the warrior, and the Lich is this evil entity, the bad guys. But then you also have a lot of nuance with good and evil in between all throughout the series. Yeah. Not the Lich, though. Just so we're clear. He's evil. No nuance there. (laughs) Although there is an evil Finn at one point who maybe turns back good. That's confusing. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we mentioned they deal with death and reincarnation. Um, I think we both would probably agree it's probably helpful for kids to see like the nuanced versions of good and evil. It's probably helpful even to kind of have the opportunity to discuss with children, even about war using the mushroom war. That's that's a good opportunity for that. But do you think some of the storylines around like reincarnation might be dangerous for kids? No. Okay. But like reincarnation isn't real. It's heaven or hell DJ. Why are we lying to our children? (laughs) Who's lying? I'm enjoying a fun made up story. (laughs) okay but i mean is it still something we should talk to them about like because it is it is an ideology of what happens when you die a lot of people who even aren't part of any religion think that when you die you kind of become something else which i guess in a way we do too yeah i mean the same way if you want your child to understand that that is fiction explain it to them or at least make sure they know what is not fiction yeah but i don't think i don't think any kids are probably actually even most children aren't actually thinking that this is actually what happens when you die. <laughs> yeah, me personally, Adventure Time did not make me question my faith when I was 11 years old. Yeah, but you personally. know, e- even if what we take away from it isn't reincarnation good or bad, I still think it's possible to take away – because even going back to the Catalyst comments every thousand years and all that stuff, there is this idea – Without even having to focus on the reincarnation, I think most Christians would agree that there is a lot of cycles and we can either break a cycle or continue a cycle. And what we do now in this life is either going to continue a cycle that's been going on or create a new path for people in the future. And that's where I think like some of the reincarnation stuff's cool, especially when you pair it with the idea of these agents of change that come from the comets, because you can be that. You can perpetuate a cycle or you can be an agent of change. And create a new cycle. Did I yeah. did I get did I get too philosophical with it? Am I overthinking? <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. I always wonder with this show because like it is it is often a silly cartoon. It really is. It is meant for children. But also sometimes that like they have an entire episode of like Finn spending a life as a bird and then a life as a worm and a life as like all the different preys and predators and realizing what the cycle of life and what the world's actually like. And I'm like, oh, that was actually really deep. Like, there is no denying that that was meant to be deep. That particular episode was not meant as just a silly cartoon, you know? Yeah. Abe Lincoln not dying after his assassination, but instead making a deal with death to go back in time (laughs) and become the immortal king of Mars. That is also a very deep topic. That is not for children. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So, (laughs) DJ... Where do you where do you lie? If you had to like put a scale, zero is silly cartoon, ten is philosophical, interesting show. Where are you putting this? Yeah, on the scale from Uncle Grandpa to Bojack Horseman, this is Adventure Time. This is yeah, okay. I, I put it like six. My brain is like probably the same, but it's not it's not even a good scale because sometimes it's zero and sometimes it's ten. And sometimes it's both zero and ten, and that makes no sense until you see it. Like it's something you just gotta watch to get. Um now if you were rating it just by like how good it is zero to ten, where are you putting that? Uh probably like nine. Yeah, me too. Not my favorite show, but man, is it close. It's pretty, pretty dang good. 
Honestly, if it was shorter, it might have gotten a perfect 10, but I do enjoy it. I even personally, I actually prefer a lot of the later seasons where it's more story driven than just yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's when it hits its stride. That's when it's real good. Yeah. I know a lot of people think that they they only like the first few seasons and then they feel like it loses its way. But I'm like, no, nah, I like the story. The story was cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So who do we want to be? I, I feel like we obviously want to be an agent of change. Would we say we want to be like Finn and be the hero of the story? Is that who we should all aspire to be from this? Or do, do you think we should just watch and enjoy? <laughs> I, I think you should both. just enjoy it. Yeah, both. I, I think you should always want to be an agent of change. But I don't think you have to be the chosen one that was the reincarnation of a comment. You don't need to put yourself as the main character. Um, you know, I'll always argue that God's the main character, but it's okay to be Jake. I'm going to still say that I'm Jake and I'll be happy with it because, you know, Jake helped the agent of change. And in that way, he was an extension of an agent of change. He was also a good dad sometimes, sometimes a bad dad. Usually he was a good dad, I feel like. And he was fun. Jake makes people smile. This show makes people smile and it makes people think. I think that's a good thing for people to be. Be Adventure Time. Don't be any of the characters. Be the show. Be the show. Make people smile. Make people laugh, but also make them think like TJ. I don't think. The podcast elemental. <laughs> All right. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to add to this entry in our origin series for the year? Well, really, you could probably read about the origins of Adventure Time for a couple of hours, and I recommend you do that. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, because it's actually pretty dang interesting. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that we left out in origins that you think would be a good starting place for them to keep looking stuff up? I don't think so. I feel like we could have gone a lot deeper into the Lich. They we could have gone there. a lot deeper into all of it. That's true. I could probably do an entire like three-part episode just on Simon. It's just, honestly, I, I think, and maybe this goes back to like that verse that Paul writes about in the Bible where he's like, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I want to do. And he talks about like even saints still have sinful nature, and that's like this whole part of the Bible and it's not the same thing, right? Like Simon's wants and not wants aren't really a part of the equation. He's basically brainwashed. Yeah. But yet I'm still able to watch this and go, that is a good guy doing evil things. And that's sometimes like, that's how I feel. And I feel like sometimes I look like the buffoon when I know I could be a brilliant scientist, <laughs> you know, like maybe not scientist, but you know, I know I can be smarter than I am sometimes and I can be a better person than I am sometimes. So whereas I am Jake. I feel like I probably get the most out of Simon's story. If nothing else, I think everybody should just look up all of the stories about Simon's origins and Marceline's. Watch both of those. Those storylines are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we're good now. I could keep going, but I will not for the sake of time. Guys, we're going to jump right into our wrap up here and start with a recommendation. DJ, if you had to recommend something to our lovely listeners, what are you recommending? I would like to recommend... Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It's a it's a great story. It's a fun game. Try it. Check it out if you're able. Yeah, I um I'm stick cartoons. If you haven't seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, that might be the only other cartoon I think is as thought provoking as this one. It's worth it. Great show. Yeah, great show. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you want to hear more, go to systematicgeekology.org. Hit the host drop down menu. You'll see me and TJ's name there. If you want to see other episodes we're on or avoid them either one works um, of course if you want to let us know what you think we should be geeking out on or what you'd like us to do an episode on same website there's a drop there's like a little 
fill out thing at the bottom. You can let us know what you want us to do an episode on, and we'll probably do. And we need you all to do one very important thing for us. And just to remember, we're all the chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.